In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In today's gradual, we heard, The Gentiles shall fear thy name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. For the Lord hath built up Zion, and he shall be seen in his glory. The passage we heard from the Gospel of Matthew is all about Christ as the fulfillment of the law, as a true and nobler successor even than Moses. And the two moments that are captured, the healing of the leper and then the healing of the centurion's servant, exemplify this way in which Christ is coming to fulfill all that happened before, all the ways in which the Lord was preparing the world to truly know him once again. Matthew's gospel always emphasizes Christ as the new Moses, as the successor to Moses, someone who exceeds him because he preaches with true authority. He is a lawgiver, not just an interpreter of the law. And so we see in Matthew's gospel a constant emphasis, a dynamic, in which Christ is at once fulfilling all the precepts of the old law, bringing to completion all that God had prepared through Israel, but also opening up God's saving covenant with Israel to all the nations. And thus we hear fulfilled the words predicted by the psalmist, the Gentiles shall fear thy name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. What exactly is going on in this dynamic? Throughout salvation history, we see an underlying constancy in God's relationship with mankind. The reason for the covenant with Israel is precisely because man, born and made for friendship with God, has fallen away from it. And that has profound consequences for who we are and how we understand our relationship to God. Mankind was made to know to love and to serve God. And yet, with the veil of original sin falling down upon us, the disordering of our souls, the disordering of our human nature, of how it was meant to be, we see that man no longer knows who God is. We no longer trust that he is who he says he is, that he's faithful to his promises. Thus, God's saving plan through Israel. God had a plan and brings this to completion. Israel is meant to be the token of his love for all mankind, for all humanity. Israel receives the covenant, receives the revelation of the law through Moses, precisely so that they may come to knowledge of the truth of who God is. You will be my people, and I will be your God. All the rest of mankind is living in ignorance. They're made with this inchoate sense and an understanding through natural causes that there must be a creator. But who is he? Does he care for us? The old covenant is all about having Israel act as a light to the nations. That through the faith of such figures of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mankind might slowly, gradually be brought back in to trust and communion with God. 
The consequence of sin is that God seems alien and strange to us. We become like a skittish bird, unwilling to sit near our master. And so God slowly opens the window, sets out the food, gently, patiently, serenely beckons humanity back. Israel is the first fruits, but Israel is meant to stand in for all of us. After all, the Gentiles shall fear thy name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. This is accomplished by building up Zion, by building up Jerusalem, by showing in this chosen people God's providential and saving love for mankind. And so the gospel. The gospel is the fullness, the perfection, and the completion of this plan. Because now all mankind can see in Christ himself the revelation of God's goodness, of his saving love. Where once they relied on signs, worked through prophets in sundry and various ways, as we read in Hebrews, now, now the definitive revelation has been made through Jesus Christ. And so Christ encounters people in need of healing, in need of saving, most of all, in need of knowing who God is and who they are in relation to him. Because all the disorder in us, all of the yearning, all of the frustrated desire for fulfillment in us can only be brought to peace when we know who God truly is and he transforms us by that knowledge. The leper, ritually unclean, separated from the rest of Israel, separated from the community, is not only given a token of future salvation, but is brought back into communion. He's brought back into the covenant. And so he must show himself to the Levitical priests to fulfill the law, to fulfill this reconciliation. Because Jesus Christ is working the healing and the reconciliation. The forgiveness and the elevation of our souls. And then, and then we have this incident with the centurion. An incident which we commemorate at every single Mass. Domine non sum dignus, ut intere subtectum meum, sed tantum dic verbo, et sanabitur anima mea. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and I shall be healed. My soul shall be healed, we say in the Mass. The Roman centurion, the very exemplar of the pagan nations, of the imperial power, of the rival to Israel's salvation, has greater faith, Christ says, truly knows who God is, has been given the grace to see clearly and to know that Christ only needs say the word and his need will be granted. Only needs say the word and the chains of death will be broken. Only needs say the word and salvation will come to his house. The centurion is the fulfillment 
of this hoped-for salvation of all the nations, and it was wrought in and through Israel. And now, and now the centurion is promised a place with Abraham, with Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The church, the new Israel, is not a rejection of the old, but the fulfillment of it. All members of the church are now part of the new Israel. And so we ask what this has to do with us today. Every way our soul is meant to be made into God's kingdom. In every sense, this fulfillment of a land, of an area that was not part of God's covenant, but is now brought into reconciliation and communion, this is what happens with us. It's why we change the word in the prayer after the Eche on you stay, that my soul may be healed. Our souls, when Christ dwells within them, with the Holy Spirit drawing us back to the Father, are made into his kingdom. Rejoice! The kingdom of God is very close at hand. In fact, when we receive our Lord, he establishes himself as our king, as our Lord, as his new Israel in the very depths of our being. And so when you're kneeling at the rail, when the Lord comes to you in holy communion, have the faith of the centurion. Ask God for the grace to believe and to hope in him. Ask that he reveals himself to you in every part of your life, in all the good you do and the evil you endure, in all the sufferings and all the joys. And let there be faith that God is working his providential plan, as he has done with the nations, so too with you in your life, to bring you to the bosom of Abraham, to bring to you that fulfillment, that peace that knows no end when we will be at the altar of the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit,